Hello, everyone. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for tuning in to another week of this podcast, another episode. This episode, we're going to be speaking on authority and the authority that we have as a son or daughter of the king. So make sure you get your notepad and grab your pen and let's jump right into talking on the authority. Hey, everybody. It is your host, Isaac Carpenter. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm super, super excited for this episode. Uh, I've, I've studied this for a while, never really done a teaching or a podcast on it. Um, and so I'm super, super excited. As you heard in the intro, we're going to be talking about the authority today. Um, let me just kind of give you some backstory on why I chose this topic. Um, so for those of you that may not follow me on social media or, or may not live in the area that I do of Huntington, West Virginia, you'll know that we have been in a 14-week revival. Uh, yes, you heard that correctly, 14 weeks. We've seen about 1,200 people be baptized, uh, several salvations, several healings, deliverances, you name it, we've, we've seen it. Um, it's been amazing. And so uh, this past week at Revival, uh, there was a situation where there was somebody that was getting radically delivered through the power of Jesus. And uh, as they started to show signs of deliverance, they began to uh, to manifest, there was uh, someone that was over there, and they came and got me. And uh, th- their response, when they asked me to go over and to pray, was a response that I'll never forget. And I believe it's a response that the body of Christ is saying without actually saying it. And their response was this: He he proceeds over to me, and he's someone that's younger. Uh, he comes over to me, and he begins to tell me. I need you to pray for this person. I don't believe I have the authority to deal with this. And it caught me off guard um, because this is somebody that's been in church for a very, very, very long time. I know who they are. And the very fact that they said, I don't have the authority to take care of this was puzzling to me. Um, as As a believer of Jesus, as a studier of his word, as a student of his word, as a disciple of Jesus, they did not believe they had authority over the power of the enemy. They did not believe that they had the authority in that moment to bring victory to this situation. And so I want to talk about authority today um, because I believe that his response, as I just mentioned, was a response that the church is saying without actually saying it. Um, and we see that all in culture today. Um, the church should be walking in their authority, and we're not. And so let's get right into this. I'm already taking up too much time in the intro, uh, but let's get right into this. So we're going to be talking about authority, as I mentioned. So uh, I want to take you first off to Luke chapter 10, verse 19. I'm going to be reading a lot of scripture, um, and I believe everybody should. Uh, in a podcast or a teaching, anytime you're presenting the Word of God, or giving an idea, it should always be backed up by Scripture. And so you're never going to find me telling you something and not giving you evidence or not backing that up by Scripture. So let's go to Luke chapter 10, verse 19 is where we're going to start. So Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Um, I'm going to be reading out of the King James Version some and out of the English Standard Version some. But this one's out of the King James. It says in verse 19, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing I said nothing shall by any means hurt you 
I'm going to read that again. Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. As I was studying this passage of Scripture, you see that there, the word power is mentioned twice. It's mentioned, Behold, I give unto you power, and then at the ending it's saying, And over all the power. So this word power is mentioned twice. The first power that's mentioned when it says, I give unto you power, that word actually in the Greek is speaking to the word authority. So now that we know that that speaks to authority, let's go read this chap, this, this verse again. It says, Behold, I give unto you what? I give unto you authority. So you must know that right out of the gate, as we begin this podcast, as we begin this teaching on authority, you must know that authority has been delegated to you as a son and as a daughter of the king. You have authority. You must know that this authority is not being given to you by man. This authority has been given to you through the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we're going to get to that later. But I just needed you to know that right out of the gate that you understand that authority has been given to you. It's been delegated to you. Let me give you an example of authority, of the kind of authority that you have been given, that you have been delegated. Let me give you an illustration. So if, if you were standing on, on a highway or any kind of road and there's a, there's a semi approaching you and you were to just jump out in the middle of the road and put your hand up, you have not been given delegated authority to tell that semi to stop. Now, let's go back to the same illustration. Let's say you're a cop, you're in the uniform, you have your badge on, you stand in the middle of the road and you put your hand up and this vehicle or this semi stops. Why? Because you have been given delegated authority to command the traffic to stop. And so this is the same way in your spiritual walk. Christ has delegated you authority. <laughs> so you're you're not approaching the powers of Satan. You're not approaching the powers of the enemy without authority that's been delegated to you. You must understand that authority has been given to you to conquer all the powers of the enemy. I'm preaching already and we're just getting into this thing. So is it, I hope I hope that was a good illustration for you to understand that. And so you must understand that you exercising your authority hinges on two phrases that Paul prayed. Two phrases that Paul prayed. The first one, uh, let's go to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 20. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 20, and I'm reading this out of the King James Version as well. So Ephesians 1 20, it says, Which he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. So the beginning statement I made was, you exercising your authority hinges on these two phrases that Paul prayed. So the first one is Ephesians 1.20. He set him at the right hand in heavenly places. So I want you to, I want you to mark that. I want you to write that. The second thing is in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, also in the King James Version. It reads, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Other translations say with Christ Jesus. And so you must understand, as I said, the two phrases that Paul prayed. The first one, you must understand like Paul that you are seated at the right hand 
in heavenly places. Also in Ephesians 2, 6, it says, He has raised us up together. Now, many people believe that in a spiritual uh, in a spiritual location that you haven't been raised up with Him. Okay, so that if this passage of Scripture says, and raised us up together, so then who else was raised up? <laughs> and so you must understand that your spiritual location, you're fighting from a place that you have been seated in heavenly places. Not just by yourself, but you were raised up together and you sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That's where your authority comes from. Seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. So notice that not only is Christ seated at the right hand of the Father above all powers of Satan, but we're there too. In Ephesians 2.6, he has raised us up together. So let's go to another passage of Scripture. I told you we're going to be getting a lot of Scripture, but I hope this is really getting into your spirit. Ephesians chapter 1, 21. You're probably like, are we just going to, are we going to ever get out of the book of Ephesians? We're going to get out of it, but they're also going to come back to it. Some good stuff and authority in this book. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 21. I'm also reading out of the King James Version there as well. It says, not only, well, I want you to, I want you to understand this. Ephesians 1.21, far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named. Not only in this world, under catch that right there, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. I'm going to read that again and I want you to understand. Ephesians 1.21, far above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that's already been named, not only in this world, but also that which is to come. So you don't only have authority over what is present right now, but you have authority, man, this is so good, but you also have authority over that which hasn't even come yet. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. You not only have authority and power over what is present day right now, but you even have authority and power over that which has not even come yet. That's what it just tells us in Ephesians 1.21, but also in that which is to come. You have authority over that. Man, this is so good. That was Ephesians 1.21. Not only, listen, this is so good about Ephesians 1.21, not only are you sitting with him, but I want you to understand where you're sitting at, the location. Ephesians 1.21, far above all principalities. So you're not only sitting with him, but you're sitting with him above all principalities, power, might, and dominion, and all powers of the enemy. So right now, your spiritual location is that you are seated above all of this. Not only are you seated with him, not only are you seated at at the right hand in heavenly places, but you are seated far above, is what it says in Ephesians 1.21. And so you've got to understand that. Let's go to the next passage of Scripture. Matthew chapter 28, and we're going to read verses 18 through 20. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20. And I'm going to be reading out of the ESV, the English Standard Version. So verse 18 reads, And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is what Jesus is saying to them. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now in 19, he commands the disciples, 
Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So Jesus is saying all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And then he looks at his disciples and says, go. And so you must understand that all authority has been given to you. Listen, not because of who you are, but because who lives inside of you. You don't have all authority because of yourself. You have all authority because all authority in heaven and earth has been given, have been given to Jesus. And now with Jesus living inside of you, you must understand that all authority has been given to you. Are you understanding? I hope you're getting this. This is so good. If you grasp that, if you grasp this, I promise you that your life will be totally transformed and revolutionized because you must understand the authority that you carry. Let's go to another passage of scripture. I told you that I'm going to let the word of God just speak to you. We're going to go to Luke chapter 9, verse 1. Luke 9, 1. I'm going to be reading out of the ESV, the English Standard Version as well. Luke chapter 9, verse 1. It says, And he called the twelve together and what? Gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. We could, we, could, we could close the Bible. We could close our notes. We could end this podcast and call it a day. Because that tells you right there. You have it and what you have it over. He called the twelve together. And what gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. So you have power over every demon and over every sickness. Over every disease. Over every infirmity. He gave you power and authority. I need you to understand the difference between power and authority. A lot of people believe that power and authority are the same thing. No, my friend, they are not. Let me give you an illustration. Power, power can, power, if let's say there's a, a huge rock, a huge boulder, and it's in the road and it's blocking the road. Power, here's what power will do. Power will go to the rock and work it yourself. Pick it up yourself. Do the work yourself. Do the sweat, do the labor, and pick the pick the boulder up or the rock up and move it yourself. That's what power we're doing. Having the capability to lift it and to move it yourself. Now, authority, my goodness, this is so good. Authority will look at the rock and tell the rock to move, and the rock will move. <laughs> Without laying it. This is the difference between power and authority. Power is the, having the capability to move it yourself, but authority is having the capability to tell it to move. I'm going to say that again. Power is having the capability to move it yourself, but authority is having the capability to tell it to move itself. So I need you to understand the difference between power and authority. So he called at Luke 9.1, he called the 12 together and gave them power and authority. So he's given you the capability to do it yourself, and he's also given you the capability to tell it to go itself. So you must understand that you've been given power and authority. So we just read Luke 9, 1, and I told you that we're going to be going back to Ephesians, and we are. I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Man, I hope you're getting something out of this. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. 
It reads, many people, I want you to understand this. Many people don't, many people misunderstand this. Many people. Ephesians 6.10, it reads, finally, reading from the ESV, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And then if you read on, it talks about uh, putting on the armor of God. But many people read this and think the Lord is telling them to be strong in themselves. Meaning, okay, I need to be strong in myself. Isaac, you need to be strong within yourself. Whatever your name is, you need to be strong within yourself. No. The scripture does not say anything about that. The scripture says, I'm going to read it again. Finally, be strong. What's that next word? In the Lord. And what? In the strength of whose might? Not your might, not my might, but his might. So you must understand that in order for you to walk in this level of authority and power, you must understand that it is found in what? In who? It is found in the Lord. You cannot do this on your own. Let's go to Romans chapter 13, verse 1. Reading from the English Standard Version as well, the ESV. Romans chapter 13, verse 1. Romans 13, verse 1. It reads, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. I'm going to read that again. For there is no authority except from God. See, so you must understand that when, when you understand this level of authority and power that you have, you must realize where it came from. Because the moment that you believe that you got this authority and this power by yourself is the moment that you'll lose it. You must understand that there is no authority given except from God. Romans 13.1 There is no authority except from God. And so you must understand because it's great to have authority. It's great to do all the and have power. But you must understand and never forget where it comes from. You're not the source, the king is. And the moment you think you're the source, the moment you think that you've got the power and authority by yourself is the moment you'll lose it. So do not do that. All authority has been given from God. Now I want to talk to you just for a moment before I close. I want to talk to you uh, for a moment a little bit more about our position in authority and about our posture of authority. Uh, and, and I believe what I'm getting ready to share is one reason why we do not believe that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus at the right hand, seated far above all principalities and powers. But I want you to listen to this. I believe that the trouble with the church today is that we have preached a cross, but we've not preached a throne message. I just want you to follow me. By that I mean that people have thought that uh, they were supposed to remain at the cross. That some have received, some have even received the baptism in the Holy Spirit and then have backed up to the cross and have stayed there ever since. We sing songs like near the cross, near the cross. Yes, we need to re yes, we need to come to the cross for salvation. I'm not I'm not uh, disqualifying that or discounting that the cross there's nothing that we believe in without the cross of Calvary. But we don't need to remain there. Hear me. Let's go on to the next thing. Let's go on to the resurrection. Let's go on to Pentecost. Let's go on to the ascension. And let's go on to the throne. 
The cross, if you really think about it, the cross is actually a place of defeat. The, the cross is the place where Jesus was crucified. The cross is the place where Jesus died. Whereas the resurrection is actually the place where triumph lies. The resurrection is actually the place where victory lies. So when you preach and when you teach on the cross and you're preaching death and you leave there, you're, you leave the people there, all you're talking about is death. We died great. Yes, we died all right. But then what happened after the cross? He was resurrected. He was raised with Christ. We're seated with him positionally. That's where we are right now. We are seated with Christ in the place of authority in heavenly places. See, many Christians know nothing about the authority of the believer. They really don't. They really don't believe that we have any authority. They believe that they're barely saved and, and they must go on through living a life being dominated by the devil while living on barely getting along the street or I'm barely going to make it, I'm barely getting through. They magnify the devil more than they do God. And I need you to really understand this. We need to be delivered, hear me, we need to be the deliver, delivered from the bondage of death and walk in newness of life. We're not at the cross. I'm not limiting or, or I'm not uh, talking down or bad about the cross. We need the cross. We died with Christ on the cross, but don't stop there. He has raised us up. He has raised you and me up together with him. Glory to God. He has raised us up together. And we need to know that it's now time that we take our place of authority. The right hand of the throne of God is the center of power of the whole universe. And we are seated whew, on the right hand. You must understand that we've been given all power. We have been given all power, all authority over every single plan, every assignment, every power, every demon, every principality, every power, every might, and every bit of dominion that the enemy thinks he has. We have been given authority. Why? Because we are seated in heavenly places at the right hand, far above all principalities. And so as, as I close, I want to take you to one more passage of Scripture. I want to take you to 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. And we're going to be reading out of the King James Version as well here. So 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. This is probably, if not my favorite scripture, one of my favorites. 1 John 3, 8, it reads, He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose was the Son of God made manifest. That he would, what? Destroy the works of the devil. I'm going to read that again. For this purpose right here was the Son of God made manifest. That he might destroy the works of the devil. And so as I close, I need you to understand that you cannot destroy anything. You cannot destroy the works of the devil. You cannot destroy anything in life without exercising the authority that you've been given. See, it's, it's not just enough to have authority. Hear me. It's not just enough to know that I have authority. It's not just enough to have it, to know that I have it. But you, we must, you and I 
the body of Christ, we must become a people that begin to exercise our God-given authority. I I need you, if you don't hear anything else from this podcast, hear this. You, myself, the body of Christ all over this planet, we must become a people that don't just know that we have authority, that we don't become a people that just have authority, but we become a people that understand I have authority. I've been given authority, yes, but I can't actually see the authority of the Lord fall all over this planet until I exercise the God-given authority that I have. So that's my encouragement to you today. My encouragement to you is that I hope that you understand out of this podcast, I hope you understand the authority that you have as a believer, but I also hope that you understand that it does no good if you just hold on to this authority. I pray today that you begin to exercise the God-given authority that you have. I pray over every area of your life, whether it's at home, whether it's in your finances, whether it's in your school system, whether it's at your church, on the job, in your family, whatever it is, I pray that now that you understand that you have been given authority, He's given it, He's delegated to you, you're seated at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers. You've got authority. Now what are you going to do with it? Are you going to be known as, you know, when, when, when you pass away on your tombstone, is it going to say, He carried great authority. He knew he had great authority. Or is it going to say he exercised the great God-given authority that he had? That's me. That's my heart cry. I want to be known as somebody that didn't just know that I had authority, but I want to be known as somebody that exercised and walked in the authority that the Lord has given me. So let me pray with you this evening, today, whenever you're watching. Father, I ask... God, that something that was said today poked and prodded at the heart of your people. Father, may we be a people that understand we have the capability to walk in this God-given authority. As sons and daughters, it is a right to walk in this authority. So, Father, I thank you that you would call us to be sons and daughters that would exercise a, that would begin to exercise this God-given authority. That we wouldn't be a people that just know we have authority, but we would be a people that begin to walk and exercise and bring action to this authority. (laughs) Wow. Father, we thank you so much for this authority that you have given us, that you've entrusted in us. God, may we never become a people that, that, that begin to get prideful and arrogant and think, I've got this power, I've got this authority by myself. God, may we never forget that this authority has been delegated to us from you and you alone. We're excited to walk in this authority. We're excited to walk in this power. Now, God, our heart's cry is, make a way, show us, reveal reveal to us in ways we can manifest this authority that you've given us. We thank you for the cross, but we thank you for the resurrection. We thank you for the Pentecost. We thank you for the ascension. And we thank you for the authority that we have through you and you alone. And we ask this in no other name but the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen.